0: You would look with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke to chapter four. The book of Luke in chapter four, and I want to read verse fourteen through verse nineteen. And our subject is Christian liberty. Christian liberty. I mentioned this before we begin. There are many different aspects of Christian liberty, many things we could cover under that heading. We have liberty to meet here at a certain time. We're not designated any time in Scripture when we are to meet. How many times we are to meet, that's up to our discretion, and many other things are. But I guess this morning it'll be just a little bit different look at Christian liberty. I want to read Luke chapter chapter 4, and I began in verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I want us to focus our attention on words in, in verse 18. To preach deliverance to the captives. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Two very important words there. Deliverance and liberty. A vital part of our redemption or our ransom price being paid is the setting free of the one for whom the redemptive price was paid. If this freedom does not take place, if this liberty does not take place, then there is no real redemption at all. Again, that's a vital part. The price has to be paid, but the one for whom the price is paid must be set free. I'm going to read in the book of John in chapter 8 and in verse 36 and then in the book of Romans in chapter 8. John and in chapter 6 and in verse 36 a very important statement. John 8, verse 36, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Free indeed, if the Son shall make you free. In the book of Romans, and in chapter 8, and in verse verse 21, I want to just notice the last words of verse 21. And there you'll find this. The glorious liberty of the children of God. The glorious liberty. Certainly there's going to be a glorious liberty in our future when we are free from these bodies of sin. We are free from this world of sin. We're free from all that does bind us here and we are forever with the Lord. But I maintain we have a glorious liberty now. There is a glorious liberty now of the children of God. Back in our text in Luke chapter 4, the word liberty that is found in verse 18, the word liberty, that word carries with it the meaning of pardon, it carries the meaning of forgiveness, but it also means, just as it is stated here, liberty also. Liberty. A great part of our salvation can be summed up in the word liberty or deliverance. We have been delivered. Romans and in chapter 7. The book of Romans and in chapter 7, and I want to read verse 6. Romans 7 and in verse 6. Here the scripture tells us, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in unison of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. There is a liberty there. A liberty. In Colossians and in chapter 1 and in verse 13, speaking of the Lord, Colossians in chapter 1 and in verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of of His dear Son. This is Christian liberty. We have been set free. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. From there I'm going to 2 Corinthians and in chapter 1. 2 Corinthians and in chapter 1. And here I'll read verse 10. 2 Corinthians 1.10 Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us. We have an ongoing deliverance. Another place in 1 Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians and in chapter 1, First Thessalonians in chapter 1 and in verse 10. And to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Deliverance. Liberty. Made free. We are Christ's free men. That's what we are. We are His servants, but we are His free servants. It is a voluntary service that we have. Now from there I'm going to go to the book of Galatians and in chapter 5. Galatians and in chapter 5. And here I come to Christian responsibility along with Christian liberty. There is responsibility. And I've mentioned over and over from this pulpit that with with blessings there always comes responsibility. Galatians chapter 5 and in verse 1 Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Jesus Christ is our deliverer. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. No one can make themselves free. No one can free themselves from the power and the dominion of of sins. This is the role of our Deliverer, or I could say our Liberator. We have liberty. We have freedom. The word liberty is used again here in Galatians 5 and in verse 1. And it tells us about the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Those words can rightly be understood as the freedom Christ hath freed us. For freedom. For freedom. Christ hath freed us. Why did He free us? For freedom. That we would have this liberty. That we would be set free. We read a moment ago that we have been freed from the law. And certainly that is not the moral law, but it is the ceremonial law. We're not bound to it. And neither are we bound to the moral law as a means of salvation, as a covenant of works. It is a guide set by God for godly living upon this earth. If you look in Galatians in chapter 3 and in verse 13, Galatians 3, and in verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, we have been set free from that curse. We have a liberty from that curse. Through our salvation in Jesus Christ, we have freedom and liberty from the reigning power of sin. We have freedom from that reigning power. It did at one time reign over us. Now, if we sin and when we sin, we yield ourselves to it. But we are not under the power of sin any longer. I'm also going to read in Hebrews in chapter 2. In the book of Hebrews and in chapter 2, I read verse 14 and in verse 15. Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. You notice this word deliver here once again. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Deliverance. Deliverance. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going there again and the rest of the message will be based upon what's stated in Galatians chapter 5 and in verse 1. And I want you to pay particular attention to the first two words, Galatians five and in verse one, stand fast, stand fast, and the meaning here in the tense of the word really indicate keep on standing fast, keep on. He's talking to saints here. Keep on standing fast. Notice he says, stand fast, keep on standing fast, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Keep on standing in that liberty. Let nothing derail that or detour you here, but keep on standing fast and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Since Christ hath made you free, stand fast. We could say stand firm. Stand firm has the same meaning. And the teaching here is There's to be no compromise in this matter. Stand firm. Hold your place. I'm going to 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. In 1 Corinthians and in chapter 16, 1 Corinthians in chapter 16, verse 13, Here the apostle did write, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. In other words, act like mature Christians. Act like mature saints. Be on the watch out, watch ye. We find that over and over again, watch. We are to be an observant, watchful people as the people of God in a sinful world. But again, you have the words, stand fast. Stand fast. Stand firm. Don't move. Don't compromise. Stand fast in this matter. Once we have been made free, once we have been liberated, once we have this freedom, Here's our duty. Stand fast in it. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. There was a danger when Paul did write the words in Galatians chapter 5 and in other places. There was the danger that people were trying to put a yoke of bondage upon the saints. The problem was ceremonial law. Many wanted to carry that on. Some said, well, you've got to be circumcised in order to be saved. There was a problem in Paul's day concerning that. There was also a problem among the Gentiles, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles who had been saved, they came out of pagan religion. And many wanted to bring part of that in. And Paul said, no, you've been free." Jew, Gentile, you've been made free. If you're saved, you've been freed from all of this. Stand fast. Don't let anyone put a yoke of bondage upon you again. Notice Galatians 5 and then verse 1. And be not entangled again. And it certainly implies that they once were. He said, don't let it happen to you again. Don't let... Anything uh, trip you up in this. The word "entangle" there carries the meaning of being ensnared or trapped. Don't have another yoke put up on you. You'll notice that in the latter part. A yoke of, of bondage. Christians are to tolerate no form of bondage. We're not to welcome it certainly. But we're not even to tolerate it. The only yoke we have is the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will not allow any man, any religion, anyone, anywhere to put any other yoke upon us. We've been made free. We will not have another yoke of bondage. Jesus Christ did not liberate us or make us free from one form of bondage in order that we would go into another form of bondage. He set us free. He set us free and we are are to be free. I mentioned a moment ago just a few things that we are, are made free from and the list could be very long. But I'm going to deal with one more. We have been made free from all commandments of men. All teachings of men. All interpretations of men. All the thoughts of men. In the matter of faith and practice, we have no regard for those things. And we will not come under a bondage under them. We have the Word of God. We have the Word of God. I'm going to mention this if you want to turn with me. We've read it over and over again. But in 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 4. It's concerning the law. It's a very important point I think because I see much in our generation concerning this. In 1 John 3 and in verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Now I want you to notice that last statement. For sin is the transgression of the law. And I could add rightly here, and nothing else is. That's God's definition of sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. What is not made sin by God's word can never be made sin by the thoughts and precepts of man. Sin is the transgression of the law. You'll notice there's a period after that statement I know it was added by translators, but I'm just glad it's there. There's a period there. Sin is the transgression of the law. No one else has a right to make anything else sin other than this. That which is not prescribed as Christian duty in God's Word can never become so just because some church, preacher, or anyone else Tries to impose it upon someone. We have liberty. We have liberty. We have liberty. We're not to come under a form of bondage again. And again I think this is overlooked today. The Bible is our rule of faith and practice. We don't need to go beyond it. We certainly should never come short of it. But we don't go go beyond that. Our our rule of faith and duty and practice is not found in creeds and confessions nor laws made by any man or any church. We don't come in under bondage again. Our text that I use in Galatians 5 verse 1, stand, stand firm in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And don't get entangled and snared again with a yoke of bondage no matter what form that it might take. I'll say again, Christians are to tolerate no, no form of bondage. But I can assure you, bondage will surely come when churches, preachers, anyone else seeks to add their own thoughts and interpretations to God's law. Sin is the transgression of the law. And God made the law very plain, did He not? I mean, you can read the commandments. They're very simple. They're very plain. But when people go to subtracting or adding, there'll be a yoke of bondage when people start imposing their own do's and do not's to what God said, there'll be a yoke of bondage. And there's a great warning in Galatians 5 and in verse 1, stand firm, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Lord willing, I will do my best to conform to the law of God but not to the law of any man. Not to the law of a church even. If it conflicts with the word of God. And I'm going to deal with that in just a moment. But, but sin is the transgression of, of the law. And there's really no need to add anything to God's moral law. That's it. If God makes it sin, it's sin. If somebody else says something is sin, you better check the law. Check what God said. Check what God said. Galatians 5 verse 1 again. Again, this is a very important verse, I think, for for churches today. I've seen church after church over the years get into bondage and get into trouble. I've seen churches split. Cause they came up with their own laws. They came up with their own rules. They made up a list of do's and do not's that's foreign to the word of God. They put a yoke of bondage upon people. Paul said, stand fast, stand firm. Therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again With a yoke of bondage. I say again there's no act of man that is wrong or sinful just because some church, some preacher, or anyone else says it's sinful. God's the only one who has authority to say it's sinful. God is the one that prescribes duty. And God has made this matter very simple sin is the transgression of the law it's very simple anybody could understand that but it seems like there's so many that are not satisfied with what God said and they want to add to what the word of God says I mentioned to you this before I know but I'm going to mention it again again I know a church where the pastor years ago he called me talked about it I tried to discourage it from what he was doing but he was hard headed and wouldn't listen most preachers are but he came up with the idea no one was to stand behind the pulpit but preachers God called men not the song leader nobody else it was holy ground he said I said brother you're to get in trouble He had the church to vote on that, to make that a law in their church. No one allowed behind the pulpit other than a preacher. That was fine for about two years till one Sunday his daughter was going to sing a special and she walks up behind the pulpit. Following the service, church members asked him, What are you going to do? He did nothing. split the church just over something silly like that something really stupid when churches go to make laws it usually comes back to buy them in one form or another who gave any man any church the authority to make laws there's one lawgiver, and that's God. That's all we need. God as our lawgiver. But it seems like people always want to go beyond that and establish their own laws. And again, many churches have been ruined by making laws. The ministry of many preachers I've known over the years has been tarnished by making laws for others to go by. Just like the Jews did in the days of Christ and the apostles. They had their own laws. And it wound up giving more regard to their own traditions than they did the Word of God. We ought to learn. Learn. I'll say again, no church and no man has been given God's authority to make laws. Stand fast, the Bible says, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Stand firm. We're not to give an inch in this matter. The word stand fast means that. It means that. No backing up, just stand firm. Don't let anyone add a yoke of bondage to you. Take the words of that hymn. I shall not, I shall not be moved. That's where every church ought to be. That's where every saint ought to be. I will not be moved. I'll stand firm. Stand firm. I know we can only do it by the grace of God, but we're to stand firm. When you begin to add or take away from the word of God, trouble will always ensue. It will always come. I know people can say, well, something will be suggested about it, well, that's not too bad. We can go along with that. It won't be long, somebody will want to change that, and say some people say, Well, that's not too bad. We'll change again, and next thing you know. You've left the faith. An important teaching for every church, every Christians in Galatians chapter 5 and in verse 1. People ought to read it, study it, meditate upon it, have it in their heart and in their mind. Christ hath made us free. Christ hath made us free. I don't think any of us fully understand that or can comprehend the greatness of being made free why would anyone individual or church ever want to come under another yoke of bondage I can think of the time of slavery in our country and I just just think of slaves being set free Would they ever want to be made under a yoke of bondage again? I know some came back and worked for the ones that was their master, but they did that freely. They would never want to come under a yoke of bondage again. Again, Galatians 5 and then verse 1, don't be entangled in those things. Just don't get tied up in those things. You just get twisted around. You lose your moral compass. Just stand firm. I'm going to close by reading two places in the book of John. I've already read one, but I'm going to read it again. In John in chapter 8, and in verse 36 that we read earlier, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free indeed. Freedom. Why would anyone want to be entangled with a yoke of bondage again? Freedom. Same chapter and in verse 32. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. One knows the truth about the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. They would never yield to a yoke of bondage again.